When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we're doing a live interview for the podcast Tope tonight. I am here with Chuck Cormo. Cormo, yeah. Yeah. I'm always bad with French names. I'm a no, new it's all good, man. So, of course, we just mentioned that you have a, you just celebrated your 38th birthday. Yep. Uh, did you do anything special for the day? Uh, you know what? We were just lucky enough to, uh, to actually be in Montreal, which is our hometown. So we had a day off in between two shows, so it was perfect. It felt... Uh, perfectly on the, you know, it's pretty rare on tour you get to have this kind of uh, chance to be home for your birthday. So it was great. I just got to hang out with my family and actually my my wife threw me a big surprise party and I had no idea. It was the first time in 38 years I got caught, you know, being surprised on a birthday. So it was really cool to see all my friends in Montreal. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really nice. Alright, sweet. I mean, I like birthdays too. Surprises kind of scare me, but I mean, huh. surprises are your thing. That's not cool. that, you know, I'm not a big guy on, on surprises and I'm, I'm not really big on birthdays but it was uh you know it was uh it's cool once in a while to uh you know kind of step out of your comfort zone and just go with it and that's what i did and i had a great time now i'm gonna go over a little bit about the, your career um so in 93 you and pierre were part of a band called i believe it was reset yep and i'm gonna mention this because i think it's kind of cool is it's a few members from that reset band ended up being in simple plan mm-hmm. now you met you know, your friends Jeff and Sebastian, who are all doing interviews here as well, uh, in 99 to form Simple Plan. So well, actually, it's true, but we met them before we went to school with them. Okay. So as we were doing Reset, we, uh, we were friends already with them, but they were doing other musical projects. Okay. So the question I have on that is, it's interesting because it's like, like I said, it's, it's the transition from Reset to Simple Plan. Um, just tell me all the details of how that transition happened. You know, we just, we... Like, like Reset was our first band when we were growing up. We started with 13 years old. Um, it was really like a little bit more of a punk rock kind of band, a little faster, harder. Uh, the lyrics were more about politics and sort of social issues and everything. And, uh, you know, it was, it was our, like all our influences were a little bit, you know, harder bands and everything. And it was really fun. We got to tour Canada twice. We got to put out two albums. Well, one album that I played drums on, but the band itself put out two records. Uh, we, you know, for a bunch of 14, 15, 16 year old, we got to play major big shows, festivals, we got to play headliner on shows around 2,000 people, you know, it was, um, we actually got, you know, I wouldn't say we were like a major huge band, but for how young we were, we accomplished a lot of things, it was really cool, but, you know, we were pretty mature, and at the time, we got into lots of fighting, and, and, and issues, and tension, and, and, and finally the band kind of blew up, and uh, I went my separate ways, I went back to school, I went to law school in, in Montreal, McGill, and um, I thought I was kind of going on, the, you know, towards that path, and then uh, Jeff and Seb, which I knew from high school, reached out to me and said, hey man, it'd be cool to, you know, like, I think we should still play music, we should try to play together, you should not give up on, on your dream of being in a band, and I was like, well, I don't know if I want to start again, I had a band, and we 
you know, it it was tough, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to put the energy to start another one. But then, you know, it all took a few weeks, and I was like, okay, you know what, let's give this one last shot. Then we started Simple Plan, and then we went back, and we got Pierre to come and play with us from Reset. We were able to go over, like, all our differences, and I think, you know, um, like, become friends again, even after fighting with Reset. And uh, and from there on, it was like, okay, let's go, and let's try this one, one more time, and let's try to do everything we can to try to, you know, live all our dreams that we had of being musicians and touring and traveling the world and you know being able to write songs that mean a lot of, you know to a lot of people out there and uh, you know like luckily for us uh, we were able to accomplish that and the cool thing is that I think we've learned a lot from our recent experience and we've learned that you need to get along and that you shouldn't let little details or little uh, like personality things get in the way of the music and end up doing this so now I'm really proud to say that after 17 years at Simple Plan we've never changed any band members we're still the same lineup still the same five guys and we're still friends so I think that that was if there was one lesson or one wisdom we've got from the, our first musical experience was that is to get along and make sure that we can stick together that's and again that's a good answer it's very interesting that you mentioned that because you see bands like you know like I like Oasis I like some 41 and you see them just kind of um, they kind of just lose touch or they crumble because of communication but it's interesting you said that of like you kept the communication we've been going now for 17 years strong um, now the other thing I want to mention to you is of course who came up with the name Simple Plan there's theories out there that uh, it was basically a simple plan that we don't have to work at McDonald's or it was just hey we're just going to call ourselves Simple Plan because it is a simple plan but what was the whole idea behind it yeah it's kind of that I mean that's 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 what we that's the explanation that we give to people but I think really to be honest with you like we had to come up with a name for a band we had, we had our first show coming up we didn't really have anything that we thought was great and uh, at the time we worked with with our producer you know he was helping us making demos and um, and he just saw the movie A Simple Plan and it was like yeah that could be a cool band name and we're like yeah that could be pretty cool let's, let's just you know go with it temporarily and you know see if we still like it and it just kept sounding right and it felt like oh you know what that's the best name we could come up with but I mean really when you break it down the band's name is not really what's it's not the make or break it's what you make out of it you know like it's you two you know it's kind of like you know, it could, it could be seen as a very cheesy name, but when or Metallica, like if you had that in your garage, yeah. it might not be the best idea in the world. But when you go and you make an amazing record and you tour the world for 20 years, 30 years, the name becomes special and it resonates and it means something because of what you built behind it. So, you know, Simple Plan, that's sort of the best we could come up with. And I think that uh, so far, like I've never been like, you know, like there's a lot of bands like like I think Hoover Stan was saying, oh man, I wish we could change our name and for us like it, it has a very cool timeless quality to it you know simple plan it looks good on shirts and and after 20 years or almost almost 20 years now it's still there and we're proud of it speaking of you know cool records and timeless the next two questions go hand in hand of course you came out with your debut album uh, it was no pads no helmet uh, just balls yep uh, there was a really good few songs still on my iPod actually uh, addicted was that one uh, I'll do anything for you and I believe I'm just a kid mm -hmm. um, so explain what it was like coming out with that first record because I feel that's like when you know like you kind of made it yeah it was a long process for us we worked on it for almost two years you know like by the time we started writing songs for it and making demos to the time that it was actually finished and recorded and released it was at least two years and um, you know it was we pour everything we had it was our chance to 
it was our chance to to have a to have a career to you know to change our lives and to you know do everything that we always you know wanted to do, which was travel, play shows around the world, reach people with our music. So we've you know we've we spent we obsessed about it. We we, we went over it. We re-recorded re and re-recorded -re everything, and we probably overthought it, the whole thing a lot. And you know, um, but it's that was part of the process. We had to do that. You know, we had to make sure that. Once it was released, it was the absolute best we could do at the time, you know. And what I think I'm really happy with is that now, you know, with with the whole anniversary tour, we're realizing how much of an impact this record, you know, had. I mean, obviously, on us it changed all of our lives. We were able to, you know, focus on music, and we've been able to make a living playing in this band for 15 years now. And this record was a, you know, kind of started it all for us. It really was the 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 starting point of everything. You know, it was how we got introduced to the world, and it defined our band in lots of ways. Because what you come up, their first impression, you can never take back. So for a lot of people, this was the first impression. And what's great is that, as much as there's a few little things that maybe I would love to change about it, most of it, and I, I, I would say most of all, when I look at all this, it still stands the test of time. And, and as we do this tour and as we play the songs every night. You know, it's. Uh, I realize how much impact it had on people, and I realize how important these songs were for a lot of people, and um, and it's just been really awesome to see that that they were able to, that the songs still stand up and people still want to hear them. So that's been really special. And yeah, like again, I agree with you on that because speaking firsthand myself, um, I, that's how I got exposure from you from watching it on Much Music. Uh, now the first album I ever got for Christmas, uh, I mean I've had the Backstreet Boys, my parents I was into Ashley Simpson, which is kind of interesting. Nice. Um, I had the Simple Plan, I think it was in the 2002 album, uh, still not getting any, and uh, Welcome to My Life. Yep. So a lot of people, it still resonates with people today. Why do you think that song resonates with so many? Welcome to My Life specifically? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think that because a lot of people, no matter how old you are and, and, and what year it is, like a lot of people go through some tough times. I think a lot of people feel they're misunderstood. A lot of people feel like they're not getting, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's, they feel very alone or they feel like they, they have no one that's sort of cheering for them. I think that we all felt that as teenagers and even, you know, to this day, there's moments where in your life uh, you feel like nobody's really out there to, to help you out nobody really understands what you're going through um, and, and you know a lot of people call it like teenage things but I think that it's a little it's, a, it's an unfair uh, categorization of, 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 of what life is you know uh, you know, it's it's because there's things that no matter how old you are, there'll be moments where you feel like you know things are tough and you need a little bit of a um, just help. And I think that's what the song's about, you know. And it's trying to say like, man, like I wish I could get a break right now, you know. And I think that you know it can be like a working class dad that's trying to feed his family or just lost his job, or it's, it, it it could be a, a teenager that just broke up with you know uh, his her boyfriend or his girlfriend, whatever it is. I think that emotions are, you know, if somebody's feeling something, even though for, for the outside world it might feel like exaggerated, for that person, the, these emotions are real and they're raw. And I think music helps you put it in perspective and make, it helps you realize that you're not the only one. So I think that 
that's probably why this song has has had a big impact on people. Speaking of you know going through depression and stuff as well, um, I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, and again, it's a little off topic, but feel free to like say no comment. Um, you know, Chester from Lincoln Park went through depression. Uh, his wife just kind of posted the video of saying. 36 hours before he committed, this is the face of depression. He was upbeat, happy, singing. Um, did you did you ever get the chance to meet Chester or your thoughts on just that in general? Yeah, we have. We actually met him um, many times back in 2002 or three. First time in Thailand, we did a, a, a benefit for uh, when they they had the huge uh, the huge tsunami in, in Southeast Asia. We were he was there to help him. And, we were there as well on the same uh, big charity show, and we met him throughout our career. Uh, I wouldn't say like multi, like many many times, but probably like I want to say like probably played seven or eight shows with them at some point. And last time was actually about four months ago, uh, and we played with him in Czech Republic with Lincoln Park on the same festival. We were like uh, we're like direct support to them on the festival. We actually got to talk to him. He came out to say hi. He was very gracious. Uh, always been an amazing amazingly nice person, uh, very polite, very, very respectful, and very humble. Um, so when we heard about the news, I was—I remember I was driving in a car in LA, and I couldn't believe it. I had to almost pull over and just read the article and see, like, I can't believe it. Uh, it and it's the cliche thing, but he felt like he was such in good spirits when we met him, and he was so nice, and he looked physically fit, and like, you know, like he was—he played an amazing show in front of so many people, like thousands and thousands of people were there, and we, we even look at. I just remember thinking like how like oh man like they do so well like it must be so amazing to be in that band and you know like you because as a band you always you often compare different situations and whatnot and it just goes to show that we have no idea how people feel you know and and uh, it was such a, a sad moment for us to to see like a guy that we were not like best friends but I felt like we had a friendship you know like um, and we cared about him and I think he cared about us and it's just really absolutely heartbreaking to see what happened to him and I just feel for his family and for his bandmates and for all the fans out there that use his music as a way to feel better you know and I, I read a lot of things saying like how fans were sad because they're like man he saved me so many times but I couldn't do anything for him you know and it's just just goes to show that sometimes uh, you know, like to be able to create beautiful music, you need to be, not you need to be, but a lot of people that are tortured or that are going through tough times or depressed or are... It are, comes across more real. Well, it's exactly, like the music, the music is raw and it's powerful and it affects so many people, but it comes from a dark place. And uh, it's just, um, yeah, it's unfortunate what happened. And just to kind of tie into that as well, I mean, you have the Simple Plan Foundation. Now, I know that's for, like, teens that go through either drug, poverty, uh, all that sort of things. Um, just to kind of explain how that came to be and how it's doing so far. Yeah, um, well, actually, with the foundation, we also deal with lots of mental health issues and, and lots of suicide prevention uh, programs. So that's something that's really a part of, 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 of the mission of the foundation. And I think the reason why we started to work on that and is because uh, we saw how many people, how many fans would come up to us and, and, and tell us how they're their lives were difficult and they were going through some really tough problems and you know sometimes music was the only thing that was uh, giving them a chance to hold on you know and we thought okay it's a really cool thing to it's a really cool thing to be able to uh, 
create music to help people out, that's awesome. But at the same time, we want to go beyond just making music, and we want to be able to do something that will uh, like affect them and help them more directly. And that's when the foundation uh, started, the idea of it, and we've been doing it for more than 10 years now. And we were able to raise over $2 million dollars for different charities around the world, different causes, all for young people. Uh, I would say 95% in Canada as well. So that's uh, something that, that we're very proud of that has become a part of who we are as a band and that we do on a daily basis. One dollar of, of, of every ticket that we sell around the world when we headline concerts uh, go back to the foundation. One dollar of every VIP that we sell goes to the foundation. Um, so every day we're able to kind of contribute to the cause and uh, yeah, it's something that I'm very proud of. And again, like another radio host said, I don't want to like, take his words right out of his mouth, but again, it's awesome that you do that. It's amazing. Uh, you know, you help so many people out. Uh, like a lot of bands do some charity work, but it's great to see that you're staying with it. Yeah, um, I think it's 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 we want this to be part of our legacy as a band. We want it to be we want it to stand for more than just being a band that you know sold tickets and and albums and. Um, you know, did well success, you know, like commercially or that had success in our career. We wanted to be a band that also tried as much as, as, as we could to uh, help people and make a difference. And obviously we understand and we're aware that it's, uh, you know, it's not billions of dollars and there's charities that raise more money, but for us it was important to do our part. Now, of course, speaking of Simple Plan and your music, um, and again, no offense intended on this question, if it comes across that way, but, you know, you have different styles over the years, like some people call it emo, some call it pop punk, and then there's pop, like, depending on which song, like, I can listen to Saturday, and then it's completely different from listening to Untitled, or I Don't Want to Be Sad, Sure. and I, I just want to ask you, like, do you think... Do you have to change to keep relevant, or is it just something that you kind of experiment with? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. I think that it's, you know, I think that obviously we listen to all kinds of different music, and we're aware of all the new songs coming out and everything, and, and you listen to everything, and, and that has an influence, you know, and, and I think that it shapes what you think uh, or what you love and, and, and what you feel like playing at the time, you know, like you, you hear a new record or a new song, you're like, oh man, that's really cool, that, and that, that will challenge you and that will make you want to, you know, make a better record or, you know, try a different direction, you know, and I think that even just as a band, when you've been playing for 15 years, um, you know, you just, it's, it's a lot harder to keep writing the same style because you've exhausted lots of the ideas that you had. So sometimes to ch change things up or just try something different, it gets you inspired again. So it makes it a little exciting and it gives you that passion back. Of like, oh yeah, this, is, this, this feels like the first time. This feels like something that's really exciting that I want to play for everybody. You know, and, and, and sometimes you try different things and, and you, you take a step back and you listen and you're like, oh. I don't know, I'm not sure about this one. And then you don't put it on the record, you know, and you kind of like, you know what, we tried it, but it's not for us. It's not the right sound. But it's also cool to just take a few risks and, and, and step out of the comfort zone and try to, you know, try to evolve and try to keep pushing. If you look at all the great artists in the world, they've all made gigantic leaps in, in terms of the creative and uh, terms of their image and everything. And I think that for us, like, we try to do that with every album. We try to, you know, not necessarily gigantic leaps, but just try to, you know, just, just reinvent yourself and, and tweak and, and, and just try to find something that works for us. And, you know, uh, it just it keeps it fun. Yeah, like the example that comes to mind to me was well, when Patrick Stubbs said Fall Out Boy, he went on his own, kind of went in a different direction. Um, you mentioned about musical influences can kind of change how an album is. Can you kind of give us some examples of 
like certain musical influences that kind of changed how you sounded? Uh, trying to think of, I mean, like back in the day on, on, on the third album, you know, Justin Timberlake and was coming out with his, with his solo records and we thought it was really fresh and really cool. And we, and we were like, you know what, it'd be really cool to work with, with this producer, with like Timberland or that. We, and we actually ended up working with Danger, which is, which was, um, like Timberland's basically like his, his protege and his uh, right hand man. And so we did, you know, beats with him and it was completely different, something we'd never done before. And, you know, for good or bad, like that record is very different from the rest of our kind of uh, discography, sorry. Um, but for some fans, it's their favorite record that we, that we ever made, you know. For some others, they're like, oh man, we, we missed more the straight up pop punk. And, but we had to try it, we had to give it a shot because we were inspired by that and we felt like it was really cool at the moment to go in that direction, you know. Yeah. I only got a few more questions and then we're good. Uh, the one thing I want to mention, and this is what I want to call like ballsy and pretty much giving you a lot of credit, but there was a concert one time and someone threw a, a glass bottle at you while yeah. you were singing. And like, you know, to me, if that was me, I'd be saying like, fuck that, I'm out. But you just kept going. You got yeah. stitches after. Yeah, what was going through your mind, man? Uh, you know, I just felt like it was it was one of those things. It was back in 2003 or something, and there was a lot of controversy about us being pop punk or you know not pop or not punk enough for Warped Tour and all that was seen, and you know, or being too you know not or not pop, too pop and all that. And uh, it was a show with with the Suicide Machines in Detroit, which was a band that was a little harder and and you know heavier than we were. And I just felt like you know what, like I'm not gonna let that crowd win you know like when we when we go on stage we play the show and we're not gonna let anybody you know uh back us down it's not gonna happen so just felt like we wanted to i just wanted to prove a point that you know even though you might not like our music we're not gonna stop because you don't want us to play so just yeah, kept playing. No, I, I definitely agree. I mean, you got artists like, you know, no offense to Bieber, but as soon as something kind of happens at Bieber, he just kind of up and leaves. Right. That, he's young, but still, he kind of just leaves people hanging. Um, now, in October, you're going to Japan. Yes. So my question is, what are some of your favorite places to go to on tour? Uh, you know what? I mean, in terms of countries and everything, yeah. and cities, uh, we've been very lucky. We got to see so many really cool places. It was really rad to come back. It's always really special to come back to Canada because... This feels very comfortable, and it feels like we're we're home, and and we really like um, it's it's it feels like just very I don't know it feels very peaceful to tour here. It's really cool. We love the the fans, and and we have a great relationship. But in terms of more exotic places that I've enjoyed, I think Australia has been really dope for us. Uh, really enjoyed South Africa. We only got to, to go there once, but it was a, probably the most special tour we ever done in terms of just visiting the country, being able to do like a huge safari and being in Cape Town, which I thought was one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. So that was really cool. And uh, I also like, I mean, Japan is great, Sweden. Is, we've been very lucky. I mean, I try to make the most out of every place that we go to, you know, and try to find, like not stay in the hotel room, not stay in the venue, but actually go and experience every city and try to, you know, try to, just enjoy it for what it is, because a lot of people would kill to be able to travel like we do. And the last question here um, is pretty much, you know, you've been here or you've been part of some plan for 17 years. Uh, what is some of your, what's some of your favorite memories or your favorite song that you guys do? Favorite songs? 
or favorite memories? Huh, there's a lot, man. It's, it would be, we could be here all day, but um, for me, one of the most special things we ever done was the first Canadian tour in, 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 in arenas, so it was 2004. We got to play our hometown arena at the Bell Centre in Montreal uh, with all our families and friends there. Uh, just to be able to step up on stage and show everybody that knew us and grew up with us and uh, you know how far the band had come. That was really a really special moment. It was very emotional, and we all all got really choked up when we stepped on stage, and it was really um, really a, a special moment. So I would say that I always go back to that one just because it was uh, it was really uh, it was really phenomenal to be on that stage. That's gonna do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Chuck Camo for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thanks for listening, and good night. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.